Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Hey, good evening, folks. It's Monday night, so you know what that means. It's Raising Expectations time, and uh, I got a funny text this week that said, hey, I've had questions, and they got answered this week, just like you say in the prologue. So I said, well, tune us in, because you got to get some great information tonight. You're going to enjoy the program that we have for you. So again, uh, I'm Pastor Joe. We're, I'm talking to you from the West Coast here, and I want to uh, introduce you to part of the team again tonight, and then our special guest, and we'll be going from there. So, hey, grab your pencil. We've got a couple of dates you're going to want to write down also. Uh, first of all, let me start on the West Coast. And I think it's still there. It was flooding a little while ago. <laughs> and we have Dr. Paul Hall in the great town of Lompoc, California. Very good. Very good. Very good. And it's famous. It actually, he'll tell you something. It was actually in a movie. Lompoc yeah. was in a movie. Right, Paul? Absolutely. 1940. It was a W.C. Fields movie called The Bank Dick. Uh, which means the bank detective in the United Kingdom was called the bank detective. Uh, but over here, it's really funny. But he says, welcome to downtown Lompoc. So that's how he says it. But so he's wrong. So. Yeah, he, he's wrong. I got one day off on that one, you guys. That worked out pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm from Lompoc, just like the Cowboys. We got it right there for all you Texas folks. So anyway, he's uh He's set to go, and uh, Paul is still with us. It's rainy in California. It's uh, raining big time, so we, we, we're getting all the rain we hadn't gotten for many, many years now. So, But from California, we're going to slip and slide all the way to the east-southeast in the great state of Georgia. And uh, you know two of our favorite people in the world are there, and that is Stephanie Thayer and her wonderful husband, Dr. Craig Thayer. And uh, there they are, folks, coming to us live and direct tonight. Stephanie, as you know, is the founder and the CEO of Quenching Wells. And I always say it because I really mean it. She's about the best nutritionist and health and wellness coach you're going to find in America. Go to our website, see her name, check it out, and see how she could probably help you. Again, it's only February. you got a long time to go. And you can be just really where you want to be, uh, body, soul, and spirit. She'll share the word with you and everything. She does a great Great job. We appreciate you, Steph. And the guy that's wonderful she's married to is Dr. Tank Thayer. And uh, he's right there on the right on my screen. He is a surgeon. He's a trauma surgeon. He's our favorite doctor in the whole world. And uh, <laughs> next week, we can't say that because a couple of weeks, we have your friend with us also. <laughs> I got to place in WWE history. Oh, there we go. Whatever that was. <laughs> if that was gone, I'm going to move right along. Okay. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. My computer started talking to me. I'm sorry. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. I thought that I thought the tank was a ventriloquist, too. I was going to write that down and keep it with the setup. Well, we and sidebar, it was about WWE, which yeah. worldwide wrestling, which is something I would never watch. Last night, we were having an argument about what we're going to watch. Oh, that's too violent. WWE when I'm not there today. <laughs> my goodness, that's awesome! I'm like the Brady Bunch here on you, Mike. That's right. I know. Yeah, you just moved over a box. Maybe we're one more over there. But they live there in this great state of Georgia, Dalton, Georgia. And uh, go to the website, check them out. They're two of God's finest people, and they bless my life every week, as do these others that I'm sharing with you right now. So uh, when you come from uh, right next to South Carolina, not far. By the way, they got a new tax there. We see if it goes over to Georgia. If you move in, it's on your license plate. Yeah, so you got to. They don't want too many more of those Yankees moving down there. Right. So we we're no gotta, longer Yankees, though. You know, <laughs> we, we we were kind of closed in California, so it works out. We just we're like Ron. We moved to the great state of Texas. There's only two republics states ever. One was Texas, the Lone Star Republic, and uh, the the Gold Bear Republic in California, which is now quite different. But in any event, down there, you can see right now on your screen, one of our favorite pastors in the world, and that is Ron Greer, who is with Men in the Mirror, and he helps counsel, disciple, teach, and reach out to men across America. And Ron is a great pastor, a great friend, a great counselor, and uh, we love and appreciate you, brother. We're sure glad you're here. We missed you last week. I'm glad you had a good, safe trip, and everything worked out well, and that worked out great. So this is the team and uh, I, I just I want to say that on the 13th coming up here of, uh, of March, we're going to uh, have uh, Dr. Thayer, Craig, or Tank as we, we love to call him, he's going to be premiering and sharing his book. You, many of you have already read it. You've purchased it. His book is called Safe. Quick word, just a few seconds. Share just a word real quick for us, Tank. And we're going to bring you on the 13th and have you, we're going to talk to you all about it that day. So, I mean, I'll say it's, it's, a, it's a story of the miracles of my life. But it, it, that being said, it's really a story of God in my life and through my life. So um, even before I was born, born because I was uh, hatched in Michigan, or I should say created in Michigan, hatched in California. Monterey, given up after 10 days in an orphan for nine months. So even yeah. before I was born, God God was knitting me in the womb and knew what my purpose was. So and it goes from there. And they put him on Providence Street, huh, Steph? That yeah. kind of took it from there, right on Providence. Well, we're gonna he's gonna be sharing with us, folks, all about that book. We're gonna hold it up and uh and have him look at that, and give you all the ways that you can get that book. Go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble, and uh we're excited about the different things that the group are doing. We're gonna have a library page on our website with BBS, and we're gonna put books on there and we're gonna share. Uh I got my hardback in today, the brand new one that just came in, and so I'm excited to share that with you. But we'll do that uh later on sometime when we get that going. We're just rolling on it. Uh, Paul's working on a book. Ron's got all kinds of stuff we're going to put into books with the guys that we have with uh, wonderful publishers in Southern California working with us. Uh, they're just about the best you're going to find anywhere. Uh, they love the Lord and they're just great, great people. So another wonderful person has written a great book and we did premiere a book and help that with her as our special guest that we have for tonight. Janine Cunell, who you remember, you always say, when is she coming back? Uh, she is... Uh, she makes learning fun. She has a lot of things. Hopefully you read the message she shared with us. How do you show up? 
how do you show up in life? And she's been writing this, and I've been kind of following along on her Facebook and some of the things that she says. And uh, she said, here's the moment, how do you show up, that she learned the value that when she was in training with the CIA on how to show up when it's your time to brief, whether it be your team, your special agent in charge, or the president, it's a relevant message, how to get looking quicker in life, get moving, and get unstuck. And some of us in the world we live in today just get stuck too easy. So she's going to fit in really well. So Stephanie's going to lead us in. And TJ, we are set. We want to welcome, would you welcome Janine Cornell, one of our favorites in Texas. Welcome together. We're going to a round of applause for you. There she is. Welcome, Janine. Take it away, Janine. Tell us about your title and how you're doing. You know, um, am I unmuted? Yes. Yes. Doc, I have to, did I ever tell you, you'll have to excuse me because I'm over 60. Did I ever tell you about when I was in my head on collision that the trauma surgeon leaned over and whispered to me, young lady, your mission is not over yet. Did I ever tell you that story? You you did. And I thought of you yesterday at church. (laughs) I walked, we walked outside our two youngest boys and Steph and I, and there's a lady laying flat down on the concrete. Husband's at her head, and there's a bunch of medical people. And I walk over, and she's passed out. She's barely there. And I, I remember checking her pulse in her hand, holding her arm, and saying, "You're going to be okay." Amen. Helps only. I'm telling you, there's nothing more powerful than hearing a word from God from someone that God prepared with a mission. And I, uh, so much of my mission began when the trauma surgeon told me that because um, I was going every which way, you know, losing my life and not having a grasp on anything. And he rescued me. And it was that word that gave me the ability to fight. It was somebody that said, I've been a trauma surgeon for 30 years, ma'am, and your mission's not over. Nobody walks away from getting hit at 100 miles an hour head on. It's impossible. And so it was that moment I knew that I had a mission. So my mission began, even though, you know, my uh, I like to say that a lot of times we look in the future for our destiny. But in reality, our destiny is every day. Amen. So it's all the destinies every day that converge upon the big destiny that we have. A, sometimes we default to looking to. And the, I was one of those girls. So thank you for having me today. Thank I am you. fulfilling my mission finally, even though I didn't start till I was over 60. <laughs> At least I got started. A good time. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'll tell you, Joe, did you want me to tell you the story about at the agency? Is it too yeah, early? You, meant, to you mentioned a little about that, kind of preface it, and then what you had written. I thought you'd just do a great job writing those. Get going. Get unstuck. So, so what ha- I wanted to talk about, your mission is not over with Doc first, because I wanted to mm-hmm. preface that with the fact that we need each other. So uh, let me start with saying that uh, when the lady from the CIA was training us on uh, how to show up when we were briefing, Uh, At the time, I didn't realize the depth of the relevance of what she was teaching us, but she would, uh, there was about 20 of us in a room and uh, we were in a secure area. She hands everybody a piece of paper 
and says, this is what you're going to be briefing on. I will give you 30 minutes to research it. And then uh, please come back and uh, prepare your brief for the president. Of course, the president wasn't there that day, but we had a stand in, which was the special agent in charge. And that was somebody that was nervous to talk to anyway, because he's the big hoop to do at the FBI, right? <laughs> so each person took their piece of paper, went and studied and prepared our brief. Um, we come back and unbeknownst to me, we come back and she had a video camera and she set the video camera up and she stood us in the front of the room and she said, you have two minutes to brief the president on your situation. And my situation was uh, spies, obviously, because I was working in cyber intelligence and how we need the strategies to keep our national security products from being stolen. But I tell you what, the whole room, first of all, I'm briefing the boss's boss's boss, which I was nervous, nervous with that. Then I was briefing on something that I wasn't quite familiar with. And then on top of that, when we finished briefing, then she put a big screen up and she played everybody's brief for the whole room to watch and critique. Oh, and when I watched what I was briefing to the president, I was ashamed, embarrassed, uh, I'm never going to make it in this business. And even though I had briefed many times, so I thought I was all of that in a, what is that segment? I'm, I'm all that in a bag of bag of chips. I'm all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> so, but in my mind, I thought because I was well-trained, I was all that in a bag of chips. And when the whole room watched me and critiqued me and I watched myself, I realized that I was not all that. And here is what the lesson that she taught. It was almost unbearable. She said, not one person in this room partnered with anyone to do their brief and to get prepared to brief the president. You all went off in a corner to do your thing and to be your, you know, show up as your best self, but you didn't have anyone to help you or to work with you or to study with you. And so I thought, well, that wasn't even in the rules. And she said, that's the point. There were no rules. Mm -hmm. That is when I realized that you've got to have somebody else speaking into your life to be able to show up and complete your mission. And that's part of what I was talking about because um, we don't, obviously, Obviously, we don't see ourselves the way everybody else sees us. I mean, I had some kind of mental understanding that I was like Miss Cyber Counterintelligence, you know, catch a spy. And in reality, I was talking all over the map, discombobulated and disjointed and did not do well. So here's the deal. You have um, we have a world that I was talking about, Joe, on my post where every Back in the day, everyone in our classrooms from elementary to high school, we had 22 kids or so, you know, in Sunday school, we have 15 people in college, we have 50, but we now live in a digital world where we have thousands of people in our classroom. It's not just 50 or 22 and thousands of those people are living a persona. Mm -hmm instead of their real self. And we call that in um, graphic novels, difference between a human and a humanoid. 
you know, a humanoid is a robot person that uh, gives you what you think you want to hear. And a human is somebody that lives from the inside out. You live from your spirit through your soul and it pushes out through your, through your body. And I had that revelation. It just all hit me when we were, and, and Ron can attest to this. Never, I have lived here in Texas my entire life, 60 something years. Never have I been locked down for an entire week where not even emergency vehicles could get to you because the ice was so thick and we were so unprepared. If you didn't have food, honest to goodness, I was crawling to my barn on my belly to Mm -hmm. get to my animals. That's how insane. And we weren't prepared for it. And so we were locked down again after even after COVID did that. And you know what God told me? He said, change the way you think. This is your time to fill your tank, fill your tank so that because the world is run by those who show up and you can't show up empty. Mm -hmm. And so I spent a week filling my tank, doing what King David did, encouraging myself in the Lord, making sure that I didn't watch TV every day, get depressed get in my own mind. And, and so that's part, that's when my whole reversal went back to the CIA. And I realized that she was training us that not only did we need each other, but we are not perceived the way we think we're perceived. So we need to break down those walls and that, so I'm doing another, you know, how I did the uh, algorithm. Remember when I told you about the algorithm we did? So we're currently writing another algorithm and in our research, we're finding this is amazing. Are you ready for this? Anybody who's watching that is a social media junkie, listen very carefully. We are finding in our research that all the fake personas that we either, um, we either don't state it correctly or we're living an alternate life or we're overestimating who we are, or we're painting a good picture in our, in our studies, we're finding that if that persona collides with the real person and the real person perceives that they can't meet the expectations of that persona, it causes in some people depression. It causes conflicts with your family, with others, because you have a fear of not measuring up and you have no confidence. Mm. Well, what was the lady trying to teach us? You get up there and with confidence because you've got your your posse of people that are standing by your side that helped you prepare to brief the president and you get up there with confidence and you say what you have to say and you say it with confidence, with education, with the joy that you've got people supporting you and then you get off stage. And sure enough, by the time we were all trained, we were amazing because we pulled together. We didn't try to do it by ourselves. <laughs> and there you go. That makes so, sense. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's the good. whole big story in a nutshell. That's a whole lot to process, but I'm sure Stephanie gets that because that's pretty much what she does, right? Yeah. So I use social media all, all day long, right? And I know ridiculous facts and things about it. And actually yesterday I did a live video. I used to do a lot of live videos and I started stepping back and then I realized I need to do, cause the algorithm doesn't like it. So I stopped, but then people were saying like, Hey, I miss your, you know, random thoughts by Stephanie. So I did one last night and it was about people need to hear 
your story. Like there are always going to be a couple people that are going to be haters and don't like what you have to say and want to, but someone else needs to hear that. And there's a lot on the other side of knowing that you're not perfect or this happened today and not, not to be an overshare. That's not what I'm saying. You also need to use some wisdom here, but I got so many messages on that uh, yesterday. And I think one, if you're trying to be who you're not, it's, it's pretty obvious. And two, it's exhausting, right? People, we do give our, it's a highlight reel. It's not really your real life on social, right? It's the best. Like you took 85 pictures before you put that one up and then you probably use three filters anyway. So like stop, right? But it's, uh, I think especially the younger generations are going away from social. So it'll be kind of interesting. Like, the, I mean, the really young like it, but like we have adult children that are early twenties, early thirties, they barely use it because I think they just find it like, it's kind of interesting to see how the different generations are responding to it. Hmm. Hmm. As, as my mom said, one lie then propagates 10 lies to support that one. And then that 10 supports 100 to support the last 10. So if you put something up that's fake and not authentic, hmm. you forget that you put that up. But it's like, oh, you lose all credibility. It's not just credibility, but we're finding in our research that uh, people crash and burn because their real self runs into their persona and then they, they can't, they can't recover and then they feel lost and useless. So I think, I think one of the, uh, uh, I'm sorry for first, Janine, thank you. Another Texan (laughs) on there. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think uh, one of the testaments, testaments to that, is if you look just this past, uh, what is it, 15 months, 18 months, uh, 22 uh, social influencers have committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, 22 in, in less than two years. And, mm-hmm. you, and, and they have anywhere from three to 400,000 followers to 3.5 or 3.6 million followers. Yes. Started, and you think about, you start asking yourself, Okay, but if you had that much popularity and that many people watching you, okay, what happened? Why would you get to a point where life wasn't worth living in? And, and, and when you know people who are so-called influencers, you get to want to realize, just like you said, they come to fa- uh, face-to-face their real self. And you can only hide that and internalize it so long, and then you self-destruct. Uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 you're exactly right. What is it? Uh, um um, Ecclesiastes um, 4, uh, when it says that two are better than one because they, they have a good return. And then Proverbs says, it talks about iron sharpening iron. Uh, Hebrews, uh, let us consider how we can, uh, what is it, not um, stir each other up and, and, and encourage one another. There's constant scripture that God gives us about being in relationships, being accountable, encouraging one another, challenging one another. We were not to live by ourselves. We were never to do be individual in our pursuits. Never be to be individuals in our in our in our lives. Period. And we keep violating that, thinking mm-hmm. that you know we can do it, believing that lie. You're yeah. selling it to us, hold on, yeah. Yeah, I think I think when when you because I think what happens is those people feel ashamed. Yeah. And once you have that feeling, you don't want to go out in the public. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of social media. You don't go to the store because people are going to ask how you're doing. Yeah. You shelter in. And then now, yeah. like you said, we're built to be 
that the suicide rate of women between 25 and 42 was sixfold during COVID. Yeah, yeah. Because they're you know, we're all built to, to, to get out and talk to people. Yeah. So that is where, that's where my mission came from, because I realized, and especially after this last lockdown, that people were losing it. And you can tell by their countenance. So one of the things that I was teaching uh, is I taught a women's group. I said, the first thing you begin with is your countenance. You know, you, if, if nothing else, because that's one of the things they taught me in my career, Um, you show up. And you keep that countenance no matter how you feel, which means that you have to be full. Mm -hmm. So you have to be full with the word, full with friendship, full with love, full with confidence, trust, all of that. So that when you show up, so we would do studies. I mean, we used to do this all the time. You, you, you look at people in a meeting in a room and everybody's uh, countenance is off. Nobody's smiling. Nobody's paying attention. (laughs) Nobody's got joy. So you be the person that it's like Pastor Jason told us on Sunday, you show up as the thermostat, let everybody else be the thermometers and they can report, but you are the one that comes in and you're like, I am changing the atmosphere today. And if we would all do that, can you imagine the amazing turnarounds we would have, the lives that would change if we would just show up uh, as the thermostat, be the person that changes uh, our countenance that changes who we notice that doesn't get lost in our own head and persona of who we think we are. That's a hard place to live, but uh, it's exhilarating. As you saw, when you saw the lady in the parking lot, being able to have something to give is life changing. Yeah, the scripture says real clear, I'm complete in Christ, who's the head of all power and principality. So when you start your day knowing you're complete, kind of gives you a head start to do what you're saying, lift somebody else up. Put a smile on the face, you know. It's so important. That's why we're so dead serious when we start this program, Janine. You know, it's kind of a da-da-da-da. You know, I really... Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you must have missed that part. Are you sorry. Name that tune, or what are we doing here? Actually, nobody knows this that watches the show. But if you could just record the five minutes before we start, no, no, no. it's really, really good stuff. I have to tell you guys. That's so, our authentic selves, right there. Yeah. You said you mentioned King David when you started, and I thought that's crazy because our pastor was talking about Psalm three yesterday. And I was pulling up, you know, David's on the run because of his silly mistakes, but God loved David, right? And uh, the third verse of chapter three says near the end that God is the one who lifts my head high. So he talks about having joy, even though he's run to the wilderness, he's fled with some of his people, like he has left everything behind, even though it's all been promised him, he's actually asking for his enemies to be attacked. And I think that the main difference there is that David is looking to the Lord where we look at this social media and we're, and and I do it too. I mean, my business is built off of it, right? How many likes do you have? How many followers? How many, and none of that ultimately fulfills you. I mean, Ron was mentioning, I don't know how many followers Twitch had, but it had to be millions. And he looked so joy filled and clearly he was not because if we're seeking the approval of people, we're never going to get, what we're hoping for. Right. Yeah. I, I have to compliment you, Janine, because 
I remember the first time you were on it again. I apologize and made you cry. So <laughs> I won't do that again. But um, I mean, we talked about your book and, and what it meant. And I asked you, man, you are a light to the world. And that what are you going to do next? And now here we are. Look what you're doing. <laughs> no. the, guy at the, the restaurant that you went and sat down and talked to and the, the study you're doing and the groups you've joined and the, yeah awesome yeah you know um it's difficult to explain this but if anyone is watching that is feeling a little bit lost on uh how to get started um i'm gonna draw a picture for you right quick one of the ways that you can get started, a very simple uh, picture that I'm going to show you is this. Let's say that this is your body, your soul, and your spirit. Okay. What we have a tendency to do as human beings is to live this way from our body to our soul to our spirit. We live from the outside in. We let outside influences and outside uh, world and people and things and chaos and confusion affect us. And then we bring that into our soul. And then we try to activate our spirit when we're in crisis. If we would flip the script and flip the narrative in our mind and say, I'm going to live for my spirit and I'm going to push that through my soul. And that's what's going to come out of my mouth and my eyes and my ears. If you could just flip that script and live from the inside out and not be a person that allows the outside to come in, that's, it's really a very simple process. I know it sounds like you've got a lot of work to do and a lot of scripture to read and a lot, you got to go make friends and you got to follow these seven rules, but it's really not because when you're living, the kingdom of God is within us. Yes. Uh, that's yeah. why Jesus did what he did. Yeah. And so yeah. if that's in you, then let that be full and activated and push that out to the world. So it doesn't, if you don't have the skill set. You weren't born on the right side of the tracks. Whatever people always say to you, it doesn't matter. We all have the same inside. So push yeah. that out. And I, we've gotten skewed on that a little. So I just want to make sure everybody watching understands how easy it is. Yeah. I don't want it to feel like a difficult process. Amen. That, that brings to mind uh, 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 David in uh, Psalms 42. He says, uh, why, are, why are you so downcast, uh, my soul, my soul? You know, why are you so disturbed in me? He says, put your trust in God. And then in, I think at 11, same thing. He says, you know, why are you so down, downcast? And in each case, he reminds himself who God is, right? So in other, so it, it's, in other words, it's remembering who God is, remembering what God has done, and then everything else kind of launches off from there, as, as you said, right? Totally. Let's go from who God is, what God has done, what he said, what he said about you, and then go from there. Everything else is after that. And, the, and right. instead of, as you said, looking at my circumstance, my situation, oh, oh woe is me. No. <laughs> who, is, who is my God? What has he done? What can he not do? 
and say, yeah. okay, now let's, let's approach you. <clears throat> and where is absolutely it? that's, that's absolutely not not that not that the lady at the agency was a Christian, but she had <clears throat> a very strong point. If you can't yeah. do it yourself and you're not going to be a rock star on your own, <clears throat> then go grab somebody to yeah. help you brief yourself so right. that you can get that mindset in you. And yeah. that is also an easy thing to do because yeah. there are people that are longing for that. It's just some, some of us have to take the first step. Yeah. So. I'm going to date myself here, Ron, but you remember this. I know you and thank you primarily. Uh, years ago when I had a real super neat group of kids in a youth ministry, they used to have bumper stickers. Paul and I were laughing about this the other day. And, you know, the big saying was, well, if it feels good, do it, you know, whatever it is. If it feels good, do it, because you get to, you know, you're groovy and you're cool. Did so, I sing the song? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows it's windy, but not groovy. Feeling groovy. Anyway, used to tell the guys, I just, I came up behind a car one day at a, at a red light there in San Jose. And I just, it had this huge sticker. And the guys were really different in the car, you could tell. And it said, uh, if it feels good, do it. And they added the word, damn it, at the end of that. I just wanted to release the brake, step on the gas, and <laughs> right into the back of that car. And then when that guy came around, and he was so happy, <laughs> and he was coming at me, I would simply say, but it felt so good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but the whole thing, how does the world make a decision like you said? The body says, oh, that's groovy. I'll do it. I'll take the drugs, whatever it is, you know, or the the the, the soul says intellectually stimulating to me because I'm now a college graduate. And I'm this or that. And I, I have the answers. So I'm stupid. I will do this. Christian gets the spirit to go to. And then you say, I'm looking at all this. God, what do you think? And he goes, uh-uh. Or he goes, eh, I got a better idea. That's where you listen. Makes a whole difference, you know. But anyway, blast of the past. You know, uh, my blast from my past that you just reminded me of is um, when we were in training for hostage negotiation. Back in the old days, there used to be like bank robberies. <laughs> I guess people don't do that. <laughs> I guess it's like online. Or it's all digital now. <laughs> so I'm really dating myself, Joe. So welcome to the club, right? <laughs> But uh, one of the things that they taught us when you are doing hostage negotiation, you have the ability to change the atmosphere Mm -hmm. and the way you it's the way you act that causes things to change. You become what you behold, what you're seeing and thinking and doing is what you become. Mm -hmm. So if you're becoming something that's kind of a bummer, (laughs) then maybe you need to doing about face. And sometimes when you're negotiating with someone that is not, that is unhappy, freaking out, losing it, you're the stabilizing factor. So if you have to do an about face to remember who you are, to get back in, you know, I always love it when, uh, when you hear the word that says God's pursuing you, And I always tell people, if you're having problems, just do an about face because you're going to run slap dab into it. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my blast from my past. I I think that's like like Psalms 23, right? So the pronouns like God's going to do this. He's going to put you in green pastures, quiet water, not running. And then the the pronoun changes when you decide you're going to go in the the poly of the shadow of death, blah, blah, blah. 
he's right behind you with his staff and you know and his, mm. uh, like probably going <laughs> tell me when you're ready right okay i'm here <laughs> and every parent relates to that <laughs> because we were once yeah well yeah. I, i'm uh your your scenario reminded me of my days in uh, train a firefighter training and uh, emt training same deal uh you're trained to disconnect emotionally and like don't exasperate the situation you know you sort of like you pull yourself out because Mm-hmm. Whatever's going on in front of you and when in the midst you're in the midst of has really nothing to do with you. you know? no. Here's your skills, here's your job. Your job is to quietly look for what the solution is. And if you've got a patient, the last thing I want to do is panic because you're not doing the patient any good at all. Because mm-hmm. if I want the patient to be confident, I'm gonna be confident. If I want and me, of course, I got in trouble because I always Laughing and joking with a patient, even though <laughs> situation. But I, 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 I discovered if they're if they're not scared to death, you know, the true. heart rate goes down, you know, the bleeding kind of slows down, and I have more time to work on them. You know, yeah, so you're right. True. No. Well, if I get in trouble later, I want Tank to take care of me, and Ron, I want you to drive me there. <laughs> and you better not rob a bank. <laughs> Well, come to California, you can walk in and take nine hundred dollars, and it's not a problem. You it's know? not a felony. Yeah. Put it up right out. Yeah, yeah. you know it's, it's interesting. I, I think. What, what do y'all think? Just let me ask you a question real quick. What do you think it means to be authentic? To be authentic. Okay. Now, I, I just think about that just a little bit. I, I used an illustration one time in one of my sermons, and I had a, uh, I had a wine glass a crystal wine glass and a plastic wine glass and they look the same, you know, Mm. but when you thumped them, one made a little ping and one went thunk. And so my point was, you know, when life thumps you, which it will, what kind of sound are you going to make? You know, Mm -hmm. And, and, and what does it mean to be authentic? You know, I mean, we talk about authentic Christianity or an authentic faith or, uh, be an authentic witness, things like that. So, so what what does that mean to y'all? I mean, give me some insight. Did you see Not our guest comment? Once, it's okay. Yeah, we have a guest that likes the heavy thunk. Um, <laughs> I I love this question because I so we're still in the season where we have athletes mm-hmm. at home, and mm-hmm. uh, we tell the boys all the time, "You practice how you play." So if you're practicing and you lob a ball, that's exactly how you're going to play. Well, it's Mm -hmm. the same with our faith or in our daily action, how we interact with people, how we communicate, what, what we decide to do. Like if you're not spending time in the morning with the Lord and in the word and in prayer, do you think you're going to all of a sudden have this great relationship when you really are in crisis and need him? You're not going to, he's not on the phone, you know? And so I think. Being authentic is probably messy. My first thought was real. I thought real as a word, but real maybe isn't because my natural flesh probably wouldn't do some of the things I should be doing. Um, So I think it's just that constant reminder to try to be consistent no matter your circumstances, because your circumstances shouldn't be defining who you are. I'd like to piggyback on what you just said, just give you a, a real quick illustration. Um, in El Toro, California, there's a 
place or there used to be a place where you could go is called fighter town and you could fly jet simulators and uh before they let you get in the simulator you had to go through ground training about 45 minutes of ground training and you know they taught you different things and be sure to put your landing gear down little things like that you know important things uh, and I, I always remember one statement that one of the training pilots who was a a, a, a navy a naval aviator he said uh, he said if you can remember this he said when you're in a tough situation you very rarely, if ever, rise to the occasion. You default to the level of your training. Mm-hmm. And I good. thought, boy, isn't that true? You know, in the Christian, you know, in our in our Christian lives, you know, we default to the level of our training, and uh, and I think that makes you know that makes a difference between the thunk and the ping, uh, you know, because you know we work. It, it's hard. I, I think it's hard. It, it it's difficult to pursue authenticity and be authentic to in 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 situations uh, but boy the thrill of it when you're when you can do it when it's when it's it's a natural part of of who you it is who you are and that begins to shine and that's what people you know relate to so i didn't mean to cut anybody off you know ron or you know tank no, you, no i i was only asking you a question uh why why is it so hard for us to be authentic, what, what do you think? I think the pre- well, peer pressure probably, you know, more than anything else. Um, I used an illustration yesterday in our Bible study uh, to where this lady had written a book, uh, and she'd interviewed uh, teenagers, and she said, uh, "It's not that we're doing a bad job educating our teens in church. As a matter of fact, we're very successful." in educating them to be what we are, you know? And so, you know, there we are, you know, so. Right. Yeah. yeah. I can't get over that wine glass too. Somebody yeah. told me this fall that, uh, you know, if we're going to be like the real ping, not the clunk, like Steph mm-hmm. was saying, that you can take this and you can take your finger and wet it and you can rub around the top and it will sing. Mm-hmm. So whatever the circumstance, whatever it's in it, where the cup's easy, maybe there's something easy. Maybe you're taking your medicine ugh, in the glass, but it'll sing because of the, what it's made out of. And we can sing no matter what we're made out of, no matter what the situation might be. Like right. Whether you carry a tune or not, still sing. <laughs> <laughs> the, the tragedy of it is a, a plastic wine glass can look better than a crystal one, you know, sometimes. Another thing to think about. I'm going to if you don't mind. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I'm gonna that. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Uh, another illustration um, that, that comes to mind is um, I, I think being authentic is staying in step with the spirit. You know, we mm-hmm. stay in step with the spirit, follow his lead. Um, and if you take if you take a piano and a guitar and the E string on a piano and the E string on the guitar, if they're tuned to the same frequency, if you hit the E string on the piano, the E string on the guitar will vibrate. Wow. Yeah. So so if we're in tune with the spirit, you know, really in tune with the spirit, when he's moving, we're vibrating and we know we know who it is. You know, that makes a big difference. So peace. Amen. So I think I would, I would summate what you guys said yeah. is that we become adulterated as children were not adulterated 
we're free spirits, <laughs> authentic, and we dance and aren't embarrassed in front of crowds, say things that we probably shouldn't. And then the other would be what, what you mentioned, Paul, which is righteous, right? So we know right from wrong. We know what's written. We know the truth. And uh, we just need to, to live it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, an authentic person that doesn't, that is not a believer, their authentic self is messy. Yeah. Uh, it's, yep. it's very important that people who are believers, that we make sure that our authentic self, as you said, is full and ready to go and that we have uh, received the input from the word. You know, I was reading on Texas agriculture because I live on a ranch. They say that you are to plant seeds in drought. And even if it's years of drought, that a seed will maintain what it is until the rain comes. So I am convinced that if you keep planting the word in you and planting the word in you, even if you see no results, the, the rain will come and you will be like it says in Revelation, the, at the same time that you're planting, the harvesting is coming. So, so don't feel bad if you're planting the word in you and you're feeling dry. It's sometimes seeds are supposed to be planted in dry ground. So I'm planting grass. Regardless, I feel that one too. (laughs) Did you have something you wanted to say there? Well, this is opening a can of worms, so we probably have to talk about it another time. But you know, over here in the South, there's a lot of interesting things happening right now. And Asbury had their big revival, and then we started having it at Lee, and Lee University is like 20 minutes from our house. And the young people, like I would say 15 to 25, they're completely on fire. And Paul, when you said, if he's moving, we're vibrating. I mean, you can, you can feel it. It's palpable at churches. It's, I mean, you can, I have chills all over right now. You can feel it in the community and it's the young people mostly that are doing it. And we just watched, um, Jesus revolution. Craig and I did on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I didn't know Greg Laurie was a part of that. I didn't know his story. So you have not watched it like hippies. Joe, you talk about the hippies. Listen, I mean, the hippies did a lot of good back then, so there's hope, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't hit their car. One of my favorite lines from that movie is, my dad's going to love you, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, another thing that I've I've found that's an obstacle to this being living these authentic lives Mm -hmm. is that uh, people are unwilling to to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. That's a loss sort of lost concept uh, these days. Uh, I, you know, I, can, I can remember back in, uh, in my childhood, back in the ancient days, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was one of the things, one of the things that, uh, you know, all these old pastors would, would harp on with, that drove me crazy as a kid. It's always about the sacrificial, sacrificial giving of yourself to God. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 I never got it as a kid <laughs> until I got saved. But it's, it, it, you you realize just why they harped on it so much. You know, mm-hmm. if they talked about our sin was always a major issue. And then the sacrificial giving of yourself, you know, mm-hmm. all out. Mm-hmm. It, it's because that's our default position is, is, mm-hmm. is in internalizing and isolating and, and, and stand to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, but if that's our default position, then that's Satan's sort of prime space for us. Get yeah. us to yeah. isolate and, and to draw back. And not sacrifice 
you know, my desire to be accepted or, you know, how people want to see me, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And Satan just, just uses it. It's a great tool for him. But uh, in Second Peter, it's, it, he calls watch yourself. Watch this, the devil is roaming around, around looking yeah. for a lion. Can, looking for somebody he can devour, right? Devour, and yeah. I, always get those, I always get the picture that National Geographic, the lion sits there and he's got this big herd of, of buffalo by the water. And then that one silly buffalo kind of gets separated from the herd. <laughs> and, and the lion yeah. would go right straight in the middle between him and the herd. And yeah. it would literally turn back right straight into the lion's mouth. Uh, can, I give you, uh, can I give you one more illustration? Uh, you heard about the chicken. Can I write it down? Yep. The chicken <laughs> and the pig were walking in front of the church, and there was a sign that said, uh, Fellowship breakfast uh, Saturday morning, uh, bacon and eggs, and the pig started crying. And the chicken said, why are you crying? He said, well, for you, it's a donation. But for me, it's a sacrifice. You know, so. oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, really. Oh, oh, you know, I, I, I used to use it with my guys when I was in the prison. Uh, when I yeah. give an invitation, uh, yeah, because a lot of gang activity and, and the twice the purposes. Yeah. So when you, when you give an invitation, ask guys to stand up and come up front. The prison officials, they would always get very, very nervous. In the early years, they was they would tell me like, uh, like don't do that. I'm going, well, I'm not I'm not speaking if I can't do that. Right. And one of the things I would I would tell the guys they wanted to commit their lives, their full lives to the Lord. I said, Now let me explain you what that what that looked like when I'm asking you. I said, if you got a chicken and an egg, I mean chicken and a and a pig. And somebody if I ask you <laughs> which animal was animal was committed to the breakfast, which one would it be? Yeah. It's that moment the light bulb comes up. <laughs> if you're not going to be the pig, don't come up here. <laughs> That's, <right. laughs> That's perfect. It's hard. That's yes. hard. Oh, sure. we, we need to take just a second here and, oh, and run a line over to Steph. And, uh, and I want you to know last week your husband did an excellent, outstanding job. We all but cheered for him last week. Oh, good. Good job, babe. So, really bad that time. So we love coming here. We love meeting you every week. It takes time. It takes money to be able to be on the airwaves. We're on, I don't know, a gazillion platforms now. So we appreciate your support. We love the emails that we get, um, conversation, and your money. It takes money to make this happen. So you can always go to our website. It's bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. You can learn about everybody, all the co-hosts. You can listen to past shows and you can also donate that little orange button there up at the top left and if you have any technical difficulties or if you prefer snail mail you can reach out to joe directly and there is uh, information on how to do that as well so we really appreciate your support because that's what it takes to keep us on and there's your programs yes thank you steph thank you ladies and gentlemen as good as me helping us out there we go you can do it if you want babe well, that's okay. That's all right. You did good. We have this this thing going, Janine. That you know, we've got three pastors up here. <laughs> None of us wanted to do that. So, and y'all are still taking notes from each other. That's awesome. That's right. That's right. Yeah, no taking. Always something to learn. Okay, when, when you guys go, who wants to pray? <laughs> and then you guys, when we say who wants to give the announcement about donations, okay, it's a trade off. That's what he's doing. That's right. Yeah. Okay, Craig, what is your mission? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it, it's, I finished you got the book. Three, 
Three and a half minutes. Take it it's away. Oh, that's a short. And tomorrow <laughs> I get interviewed by a radio station, J J one hundred three in Tennessee. So I mean, I and I just had all these signs, like this small group that I'm in. One of the guys just out of nowhere goes, "I feel like there's someone that needs to hear this right now." That they've just been sitting there, they need to act before God loses the anointing on that person. And I'm like, oh. And then the one who runs the Bible study is like, okay, who's going to take, you know, Acts 12? And like, <laughs> so, so sure enough, it's me. And he says, hey, you need to look at this like a, a prisoner because it's about Peter in a prison, right? So, and why was James killed, and not Peter? So I'm going to give, I'm going to bring it. Thursday morning, and uh, he said he wants so whoever's going to do it to go deep. So that'll be the story of my life in this little sabbatical that I'm having right now, and my hands tied and not operating as as I usually do. And uh, it's starting to take off, just like you said, uniting the world and looking to white people's life and make them come out of being alone. Yeah, he's doing yeah, because- it. Even when you fly, uh, didn't you say when you were flying the, uh, uh, what was it called that you were flying? The simulator. Simulator. Don't you have a wingman and a simulator? Yes, you do. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's a good point that Ron Mm -hmm. brought up. It's important to have a wingman or have somebody that um, don't isolate yourself and uh, reach out to someone and just start, start the conversation. You would be surprised how how well, easy it is to. Hey, Janine, let, let me ask you something else real quick. Uh, in Thirty seconds. Something here in something here in Texas. What what is it yeah. coming up soon? You're part of a, a a conference or something like that. That that I did I read that right? Me for me. Yeah. Yes, I'm doing a uh, conference where I'm going to be training, uh, doing training on uh, communications and building your business and um, and then sharing how to do. We're actually going to do some live things like I did with the agency where we're going to record you and show you how to uh, excel on social media and things like that. So how do we find out about that? Yeah, how do we find out about that? That's where it's going. Um, I am putting it tomorrow morning on Janine'sRenaissance.com. It'll Janine? be on the front page. Okay, Janine'sRenaissance.com. Yes. Everybody get that? Yeah. Thank you, Ron. Quick Absolutely. question, Janine. Are you familiar with the Johari window? Have you ever have you ever heard of the Johari window? Are you talking about the Johari window, like in? Like like what's known to me and what's known to others and the facade and things like that. Johari, is, it's, it's spelled J-O-H-A-R-I. It's a fascinating little tool uh, that, that you can use to help people graphically see, you know, about making yourself known or becoming known or knowing yourself, becoming authentic. So oh, no. It's a neat tool. Johari window. Yeah. You can find it on the net. Oh, and another oh, right. important, important uh, point. Uh, I was stationed at El Toro, uh, Paul, Paul. Just there just you go. There you go. Why didn't you, why didn't you, you come by and say hi? Yeah. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we ran out of time. We need two hours, but you'll have to help us keep two this hours. one going first, and then we'll go from there. Janine, thank you so much. You're just always a blessing, and you just fit right in. We have such a great time. Everybody tunes in and feels like you're part of their family with us, and we really appreciate that. And so 
We'll be back same time next week uh, right here on BBS Radio, Radio TV and on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. They're on all those. You can find them everywhere. One of these days, I want to figure out how to find them. I'm going to ask Steph, and she'll fill me in on how that works, the rest of them. But in any event, we got it. God bless you, Janine, and keep up the God great ministry you have, and thanks for blessing Thank us. We'll see Thank you uh, next week, folks. Thanks, guys. Love you all. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Yeah, thank Bye. you. Thank you, Janine. <laughs> Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all, uplifting, so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.